Welcome to Being Honest with My Ex. My ex is Peter C. Haywood. My ex is SJ, better known as Honor Eastley. We were engaged for two years and, and then, then we, we broke, broke up. up and then we stopped talking to each other for a year and now we do a podcast together. Would you have a baby with me? If I can get you to cry next podcast, we'll have a hat trick. <laughs> you don't know this, but I have a very vivid image of what your penis looks like. What? <laughs> if I met you now, I do not think that I would go out with you. Oh my God. I think if I met you now, I'd, I'd fall more in love with you than I did the first time. I want you to know, this is very important to me, that uh, on the Skype, my pants look like they're quite a pale yellow. They're actually quite a vibrant, bright yellow. And I think it's important that you understand that I'm not wearing like a pastel yellow pair of pants. I haven't seen your pants yet. Look at how look at how pastel that looks. Just uh, you are correct. It is it is not very vibrant. But they are in real life actually quite vibrant. I feel like it's important you know that. Thank you. I I appreciate it. Do you want me to send you a photo of how actually vibrant they are? Yeah, that'd be good. Oh no, they look they look pastel in this as well. <laughs> this is a disaster. I knew that is what was going to happen. Oh, why? I think the white balance must be confusing it. You know, you have all Apple products, right? I do. <laughs> They're probably out to get you. Oh, God damn it. God damn it. So the other day we were chatting and I was looking through my old eBay purchases and I was saying that they were actually kind of stressful and I told you to ask me why on the podcast. I, can, I did the same thing because I was looking through all of my eBay purchases because we were trying to find something that was bought when we were together. And I found mine stressful, but it was like, it was, it was like practical tiny item for your home. Another practical tiny item for your home, a book, a whole six months of sex products. Whoa. <laughs> what? My, yeah, what mine looked like. And then it was like other random <laughs> shit. What happened in those six months? Is that when you got into like the sex positive community? That was like the relationship that, that, that I was in after you. And it made me uncomfortable to think about it because I have bad, I have bad feelings when I think of that relationship, but um, that's what it was. <laughs> so mine is actually like still kind of stressful to me. The thing that I found that I was like, oh god, I had mentally blocked out <laughs> that whole chapter of our lives was two rabbit harnesses. Oh, yeah. Oh, that was the fucking worst. Yeah. Do you want to tell the story? I actually don't. I actually don't even want to tell this story in public. We, we, it, it's like, I feel like it's very emblemic of our relationship. <laughs> this story it makes me feel like a bad person. It makes me feel like a bad person. Oh, why does it make you feel like a bad person? It makes me feel like a very, very, very bad boyfriend. And oh. I'm not saying I was like a perfect partner the whole time. Wait on, I feel like I feel like you've said that a few times. I think I think I was a, a pretty good boyfriend, like for the majority of our relationship. There was stuff that I wasn't particularly good at. There was stuff I didn't know. But like my intentions were pretty solidly like not that my oh god. <laughs> <laughs> my intentions were good, said every fuckhead ever. No, I mean so a lot of the struggles that you and I had were because I just couldn't comprehend you as a whole. I feel like uh, that goes um, both ways. Right, yeah. <laughs> but I think the rabbit situation can't be attributed to that. To your your good intentions or your lack of understanding. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. Yeah. You're going to have to speak more on that. I, I think that we remember it differently. 
Oh, okay. You, you tell you tell how you remember it. No, I just I feel like you know, as with all of our relationships so far, it seems I remember the end part where I was involved, and you probably remember the first bit. I don't so, really remember the first bit. It was your birthday. That did happen. I think your cat had just died. So I think it was maybe Christmas. <laughs> See, this is what I'm saying. Like, I, I clearly don't remember the details. Anyway, it doesn't matter. It was a time and my cat did die. This is true. So in 2013, your cat died. I was just telling, so I've just moved into a new house. And when my cat died, I was really upset. There's previous episodes about it. I taxidermied my cat's paws and I cremated the rest of her and I have a little box of her whiskers. Anyway, I got really into grief mode and I (laughs) was telling that story to my housemate and I find it a really interesting story to kind of gauge like how well are we going to get along (laughs) by how appalled they are by the fact that you have like tokens of your cat's death around that sounds like it's a test it's not really a test i just find it interesting because people respond to that quite differently and usually it's like people who have pets respond in a particular way people who don't like animals respond in a very different way and that's obviously the measure of of whether you want to spend time with a person that's a measure of whether they're good or not (laughs) fuck you (laughs) kind of like the idea of someone who's gonna be curious or understanding or like Huh, what's that about? I might have mentioned this before. My blue beard serves, serves as a kind of filter for that because when I meet people, they'll either be like, that's cool, or like, oh, man, did you lose a bet? Oh. Or like, oh, you must really like sports because that is the only possible reason that a sensible person would do that. And so it's a nice little like filter as to whether I think I'll actually get along with this person or not. Because if they can't deal with the blue beard, the like polyamorous erotica writer who does a podcast with his ex-fiance is probably not going to land that well. No way. I feel like all those things are sports fan related. (laughs) Anyway, so my cat died and it was some sort of event where you were supposed to give me something. Yeah, it it was definitely Christmas. It was 100% Christmas. I remember now. (laughs) So, okay. I hate cats. I don't want to live with a cat. When the cat died, I was, I was sad that you were sad. I was also happy that I would not have to live with a cat for the immediate future. Uh, you went and adopted a cat, and I was like, that's not okay. Like, that, No, that is not what happened. <laughs> what happened? That's not what happened. I did not go adopt a cat. I did go to the cat shelter and look at some cats, and I put one on hold. <laughs> <laughs> a subtle but significant difference, yes. <laughs> that's a very significant difference. But that cat, I still I still think about that cat sometimes that I put on hold. That was a beautiful cat. I'm, I'm sure the fact that you were grieving had nothing to do with your interpretation of that cat. No, I'm sure it had absolutely everything to do with that cat, but also that that cat was awesome. <laughs> so one day you came home and you said, hey, I went to the cat adoption shelter. And I was like, oh, are you thinking about it? And you're like, I put one on hold. And I was like, oh. No, I was like, I went there because I wanted some cat love because I'm sad. And then... There was one that was really cool. I think you might have gone with an angle of like, I think you would like this cat, Peter. That does sound like me. <laughs> and so you didn't adopt that cat because it would have made me so fucking miserable. Like having the cat around was an active source of misery for me. It actually made me unhappy on a daily basis. It was interesting dealing with like all these problems as they came up because it wasn't like, oh, we have a disagreement about this one thing because at this time we were engaged, I think. We were, yes. Everything meant the rest of your life. 
So the fact that you didn't like cats, never wanted to live with a cat, I was like, how am I going to deal with this for the rest of my life? I'm not sure I can. And similarly, I was like, I don't want to live with cats for the rest of my life. The thing that always bugs me about that is that it is actively suffering for me to live with a cat, but that is not okay. Like, that is not an okay thing to say. So people are like, oh, what a monster. And I'm like, it's not a monstrous thing to not want unhappiness in your life. Yeah, but it is a monstrous thing to get unhappiness from tiny cat toe beans. What does that mean? What are you, you know, saying? like the cats, they've got the little tiny little pads and they look like little toe beans. They're very cute. Oh, this is What the so fuck cute. is a toe bean? A toe bean. It's their little toes. Oh. Revolting. <laughs> and so, like, you wanted a cat and I didn't want one a cat and that makes me the bad guy. And I've always resented that. That, that I'm the bad guy for just not wanting to have a cat in my life. I anyway, think one the, the, thing that's interesting about this podcast is that every now and then there's more like Peter people who come out of the woodwork. You know what I mean? Like like people who are like, I am also a Peter. And I feel like that's kind of, you know, <laughs> that's kind of nice for them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think so. <laughs> to realize that they are also evil people if they do not like cats. Yeah, they just, they're the scum of the earth. We're making a collection. BMX Bandit's going to take over the world and burn down all the SJs. No, not the... Okay, the people who are like you, they can be called the BMX Bandits. But, <laughs> like, overall, no. I, I came up with what I thought was quite a good compromise, which is that you can have a cat and we will keep track of how long it's, it's alive for and then once it dies, we won't have a cat for that same amount of time. Then you can get another cat. That seems really fair to me. Oh, I forgot that. That... That makes some sense, except for when you think about the fact that when the cat dies, everything's really sad until you get a new cat. I mean, it's not, though. (laughs) It feels like it will be, but it's not. So your cat died. Very sad. You put a new cat on hold. We had a very long conversation in which you realized it wasn't really fair to grab a new cat. That would make me unhappy. And I don't know if we discussed alternatives or what, but somehow we got bunnies into our head, like the idea of bunnies. Do you, remember, do you remember the path to that? Yeah, I remember it being like, I was like, can we go to the pet store? We went to the pet store and you're like, do you want some rabbits? And I was like, oh, and then I got rabbits. It was a really impulse decision. We went from like, let's pop by the pet store to we're coming home with rabbits. Which is, I see, this is the bit that I'm ashamed about just because I just, that's such a, that's such a... That's not just like that's just not respectful of that animal's life to make a decision like that. Yeah, this is the bit that made me really uncomfortable reading about it because I'm fairly sure I pushed for like let's just do it because that was very much my attitude towards a lot of things. And I remember buying them for you as a present, and I think a big part of that for me was just like I don't have to feel guilty about SJ not having a pet anymore if I just buy her a pet. And if she doesn't like the pet, that's not on me. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Because that's what happened. Yeah, you <laughs> fucking hated those rabbits. <laughs> it seemed like such a good idea. So we bought, like, not only the rabbits, but the cage for them and all the food and some other stuff and blah, blah, blah. We just bought a bunch of stuff. Oh, my God, you hated my turtle because your cat died and my turtle was still alive and you resented that so much. Did I? Yeah. I think maybe because it kept getting freaking lost in the house. The turtle? Yeah, the turtle kept getting lost in the house. The turtle got lost twice in the house way before your cat died fucking turtle (laughs) (laughs) fuck that turtle and so wait on wait on what was the what was the turtle's name do you not remember was it called peter it was called pete it was called pete 
Oh, you are such a dickhead. <laughs> I was dating a girl and I was like, I'm going to get a turtle. And she was like, oh my God. And I was like, what? She's like, you're going to call it Peter, aren't you? And I was like, <laughs> well, now I am. Yes. I hadn't even thought of that. But yes. And so we called it Pete, uh, which was handy because I hate being called Pete. And so when everyone was like, hey, Pete, I could be like, actually, that's my, that's turtle. my turtle's name. <laughs> I loved having a turtle. See, for me, a pet is like the, 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 the joy I get out of pets is very different to the joy you get out of pets. Pete was great because I had to feed him once a day. Or if I forgot, that was okay because he had fish he could eat, which were all called Gavin. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think Gavin ever liked that. <laughs> Gavin, for the record, is Peter's cousin who he lived with. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'd, you know, I'd feed him once a day and clean out his, his tank once every two to three weeks. And that was everything I had to do with him. And the rest of the time, like, he was a source of entertainment. He was like a, like a picture on the wall. It was great. I could look over and he'd be doing interesting things all the time. Whereas a cat is, just needs stuff all the time. And as we've discussed, I want a bunch of kids. And kids are needy. And you can smoosh your face into kids. But kids also grow up into be like full people. It's amazing. They also poop in their own pants. Cats poop everywhere. No, they, they poop in the right place. And cats, if you're a professional author who sits at home and writes all day and writes erotica and thus needs the door closed, they scratch at the door for hours on end and letting them in or out makes no difference. They don't care about being in or out. They just care about distracting you so you can't work, which is really bad when that's what you do for a living. Man, the cats are out to get you, aren't they? Also, your girlfriend talks to them during movies. Yeah, but you don't even care if it's during movies. You don't like people talking to cats at any point in time. Not when, like, they're having a conversation with me. Are you still a little smug shit about it, though? Like, because you used to be like, the cat can't speak English, SJ. Well, it's when people ask the cat questions. They're like, oh, hey, cat, uh, what'd you get up to today? And I'm like, what, what, what are you getting out of this? Like, the cat doesn't know what it got up to today. The cat doesn't know that you're asking this. It doesn't understand that the question is directed at it. It, even if, by some miracle, it could comprehend those things... It can't talk or communicate back to you. Like, what is the point of asking the cat about the day? You really do not understand cats or maybe pets. Do you like dogs? I, 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 don't, I don't mind other people having dogs. I don't want to be around people who talk to dogs like they're people. <laughs> oh, you're weird. No. It's like if, if I did that with, uh, with, with inanimate objects, wouldn't that drive you nuts? Let me think. No, I'd probably ask you about it. I reckon I reckon it would annoy you. Okay, next time we go out, next time we date and live together. Next time we date and live together, okay. <laughs> I'm going to just start talking to inanimate objects. And, uh, it probably doesn't drive you nuts because your boyfriend talks to flies and you enjoy that. I think that it's about companionship. I don't... But if I'm in the room, you don't need companionship because there's someone who's in the room with you who is a human who could have a conversation yeah yeah i just let's just agree to disagree uh i i think it annoys me less with dogs <laughs> uh, i think it annoys me less with dogs because dogs think that you are talking to them whereas cats give no shits like cats don't care you could be dead and the cat would be exactly the same cat dogs really like dogs treat you as part of the pack cats are just like oh there's a tree walking around here i guess cats are not like that it depends what kind of cat you get <laughs> That was a big shift in, uh, in opinion very quickly. <laughs> I appreciate the honesty, but... Uh... So anyway, 
you got me some rabbits thinking now I don't have to feel guilty about not wanting a cat. And also, if it's awful, that's not my problem. Yeah, which is a shitty thing to think or do. Like that, that, that's an attitude I, I, I very much try not to have of like, oh, look, I'm just going to I'm just going to do this. And if they don't like it, that's on them. You know, I tried. I tried my hardest. Whereas had I actually, like, researched rabbits and looked up your temperament in relation to rabbits and blah, 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 I would have felt much less guilty when you ended up strangling them both to death. That is not what happened. I don't even <laughs> like that joke. So say what happened. <sighs> Many things. I tried a lot of different iterations of, of rabbit having, and I ended up spending a lot of money on those rabbits. This is why, since that experience, I'm always confused as to why rabbits are considered to be great children's pets, because they're actually a lot more difficult to look after than, like, a cat, and they're prey animals, so they really do not like doing the things that people think that they are good for, like cuddling. Magic tricks. Nah, they're good for magic tricks. <laughs> they're, they're prey animals, so they're very, they're very anxious all of the time, and I tried training them. I did a bit of training, but because I had two of them, it was really difficult to do because you had to take one, like you had to remove one of them from the other. But then I read all this stuff that was saying that you're not supposed to really pick them up that much because they get really scared. So then I was like, how the hell am I supposed to separate them without picking them up? And it became this like very, very complicated puzzle for me but not like a fun puzzle <laughs> not a fun puzzle absolutely nothing like having a cat it was a big pit pit of anxiety yeah and I felt really bad at one point I kept them in my room because I just didn't want them to be alone or you know you wanted to get them acclimatized to people being around as well is that why I can't remember I just remember do doing a lot of things yeah you you put your heart and soul into those rabbits rabbit proofing my room buying all this stuff so that they could run around in my room and they wouldn't chew through any of the electrical cables and blah, 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 all this shit. And it just made me so unhappy, like so desperately unhappy, particularly because, and this is awful and this is like a part of how I, I feel guilty about it, how humans interact with animals in this way. But I had tried so hard to try and make the situation good for them and they wouldn't even fucking cuddle me and it felt personally offensive. <laughs> so eventually I gave them to a family and like I gave them all the stuff so they had all the stuff to be able to do it and told like them Like hundreds of dollars worth of everything. Yeah, a lot of things. And over the years that followed that, I just kept finding like rabbit paraphernalia, which mostly means... All of the items in the bottom of my wardrobe, I found out, were just chewed through by rabbits. Oh, no. <laughs> and I'd go to get my favorite jumper out, and I was like, oh, <laughs> it is, yep, okay. And I just moved out last week, and underneath my bookshelf, I found all this rabbit poo. And I was like, wow, that's been there for, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Two and a half years Three now. years. Three years, yeah. <laughs> A long time but I feel I genuinely still feel bad about it that's why when you were like let's talk about the rabbits I was like no oh, that's a that was a poor moment in my relationship with animals I've I've it, was, it is a source of shame that it was I a did not pretty do poor it. moment in my, in my relationship with you as well because I don't like animals like I, I I have no room in my life for animals I'm a very busy person 
and any mental energy I'm putting towards animals, I would rather be putting towards creative projects or people that I love. That does sound like you. Also, this was right at the end of our relationship too. And as, as I've mentioned before, like I just had so few fucks left to give that giving fucks about animals was even further removed from what I cared about. And so I bought you these rabbits, was like, cool, you know, sleep wiped clean. I don't have to feel bad about you not having pets. Then you spent, what was it, months? Like two or three months? Like how, how, long, how long did you spend on these rabbits before giving up? Oh, no, I had them I had them for a while. Right, two or three months? No, like way longer than that. No way. Yeah. So, okay, let's, let's say four months. No, I definitely had them for way longer than that. You didn't have them for more than four months. I'm sure that I did. Look, look up an email of, of when, you, when you got rid of them. No, I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> it felt like four yeah. months because it was just this really exhausting thing, but I don't think you had them for four months. Okay, let me see. Yeah, I did. I, I got rid of them in June. I had them for like at least six months. Jesus. That's what, I was thinking six months. I was like, no, nah, that, that went on for a while. I felt awful because I was like, I suck. You, you, you tried everything though. You genuinely did try to like make these rabbits happy and not be a miserable person. Yeah, I did try and do that. Yeah. And so I bought you these rabbits. So I didn't have to feel guilty. And then there was six months of you. Wait, does that mean you got rid of them after we broke up? Yeah, I must have gotten rid of them after we broke up. Man, yeah. So I was just totally switched off for a lot of that then. <laughs> you were like, whatever, fuck you. I don't care. I'm leaving. Yep. And I was like, the rabbits. Also me. Where are you going? <laughs> and so, yeah, I, I bought you these rabbits to wipe the slate clean and then could not care when you were just miserable about them and did, did nothing to help, like absolutely nothing to help. I probably like drove you to places to buy stuff. I don't think you even did that. I love you, but I don't think you did. <laughs> <laughs> Just hated it. I definitely ordered you something off eBay because it was on my account. And so that was a that was a low point in, in the low point of our relationship with those fucking rabbits. So reading through these eBay emails, when I saw like two rabbit harnesses, I was like, oh God. Oh, I had, oh, I'd forgotten about that. God, that was... <laughs> I had blocked that from my mind. Like that was an unhappy, unhappy time. Uh, we have mice in this apartment. We're not keeping mice. We just have them. <laughs> yeah, that is a different thing. I set traps the other day and something I learned about my, my girlfriend also has mice and... Wait, on mice that she's keeping or... No, the same kind of mice. Mice that she doesn't want to keep, but she has no real choice about it. Much like those rabbits. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> they just weren't gifted to you by someone you were sort of thinking you might spend the rest of your life with. Oh, that was stressful. Uh, and so Toronto mice, I've learned, are just like the cleverest mice in the world. You will put down like... Wait on. What? I'm just like, how did you test that? Oh, theory? I didn't, like, I didn't test this theory. That? I mean, like everyone I've spoken to about mice has been like, oh, they're just there for life now. Like you cannot get rid of them. If you put down food or poison food or poison mixed with food, they will eat around the poison. Uh, if you put down traps they will take the food off the trap without triggering it. Wow. These mice are, it's impressive in a sense. They're, they're you know, rats of Nim level mice where you're just like, well, I guess we live with mice now. <laughs> How do we cohabitate beautifully? I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm someone who likes to prove stuff for myself and I don't like being told I can't do things. So I bought some mouse traps. We talked about this on the, uh, on the last Patreon live stream. 
I kept them on my desk for the week before I put them together. For the week that I had mouse traps on my desk, I would pick them up and fiddle with them. And the thing is, the natural way to fiddle with a mouse trap is to set it. So I would be either on like recording a podcast or Skyping with someone or on an important phone call, and I would realize I was holding a set mouse trap in my hand. <laughs> Which, I don't know if you know anything about mousetraps, they can break, like, your toe. They can break your, your finger. Oh, wow, really? Okay. And so I'd have to, without losing train of thought, without, like, while still talking to whoever I was talking to, very slowly and carefully dismantle the trap again. It was a bad time. And so I've taken those off my desk and I set them. And the next morning I came out and there was a dead mouse in it. How was that? I, like I said, not really a person who cares about animals. I would just rather animals weren't in my life. But when your cat died, I cried. Did you? We've, oh my god, not only were you there, not only have we talked about it, we've talked about it on a podcast. Wow. You, you should listen to our podcast sometime, I think you'd like it. What, wait, and why did you cry? I'd never seen something die before. Oh, yeah, 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 that's right. <laughs> yeah, okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah okay, right. yeah, sure, whatever. And so I came out and the mouse was dead. And that, does, like, the mouse being dead doesn't bother me, um, but the, like, the, the wire part of the trap had gone through his head and buried itself in his brain. Uh. And that really disturbed me. Like, that's where the mouse thought. And I had to, like, take the wire out of his brain and put him in the bin. And when I lifted the wire, the mouse came with it. And I was just like, this is so unpleasant. It really shook me. It really shook me and it surprised me how much it shook me. Yeah, because you don't care about animals. Yeah, uh, but I've also not been around any dying animals except for, like, your cat that died. And now this mouse that I killed. Are you going to keep killing the mice? Oh, yeah, we got it. That's so annoying. <laughs> they poo on my desk. Oh, wow. They're quite oh, yeah, they, they have no limits. Like, I would be unsurprised to one day find one of my board games has been chewed through and, like, they've tried to eat all the pieces or something like that. Have you ever considered living in harmony with the mice? How? Like, maybe you could just leave them some some food. I like this idea that in your head that will just, like satiate the mice that are there in fact it would attract more mice <laughs> no yeah that, that's how it works and yeah these really clever mice who just you cannot catch with traps i had crushed the brain of one of them and then had to like dig the wire out of the brain and then drop them in the bin and i'm okay with dead animals but killing an animal is, is apparently something that really disturbs me that surprises me i'm not a psychopath i think is the conclusion here <laughs> is that the definition of a psychopath uh no a psychopath is someone who has no empathy so are you sure you're not a psychopath? I'm fairly sure. I felt, yeah, I felt really bad about... If it had, like, if I'd cut him in half, I'd be more okay with that. But the brain, man. My brain is my favorite part of me. What What about, like, have you done a psychopath test? Uh, <laughs> it's got a really weird direction. <laughs> I don't know. I thought you'd enjoy seeing that I have feelings. Oh. Yeah, I suppose I do. I just don't look at it at all. All you're doing is, like, just you're just slowly stripping... I'm playing with the mole on my shoulder. Which involved taking all your clothes off. No, it involved exposing my shoulder. <laughs> it's a pretty sexy act. Yeah, that is kind of weird. I'm not sure why I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> We've got our full quote for the episode. <laughs> I'm genuinely not sure why I don't care. I, I think I was like, wow, this is a tedious story. A lovely, tedious story. You can't have a lovely, tedious story. That's not how it works. You can. Like, if someone that you love is telling a tedious story, <laughs> that makes it a lovely, tedious story. You're very endearing in your tedium. 
And I love you for that. I'm sorry to have bored you with my mouse story. <laughs> no, I, I, I guess it is weird, but I'm also just like, I, I would be surprised if you didn't think it was weird. If you were like, yeah, just like really fucked up a living thing. And I was like, whatever. That's how I'm, that's how I'm about meat though. Like, I don't care that animals died for my meat. You're so weird. You're so weird. I think that, like, from an environmentalist point of view, people should be vegetarian. I think it's way better for the planet if people are vegetarian. I mean, from an environmentalist point of view, people should be vegan. Doesn't it? Isn't it worse to be vegan? No. Oh, no, I'm thinking of organic. If everyone was organic, then we would not have enough food to feed, like, one-tenth the population. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I have no issues with vegetarianism and veganism. My favorite type of vegetarian and vegan are the convenient vegans. What does that mean? Who are like, look, when I'm when I'm at home, I'm totally going to eat vegan. If I go around to someone's house, they don't have to cook a whole separate meal for me. I like that. That's my favorite type. Oh, that's that's a, that's what I am. I'm an opportunitarian. Yeah, I really like that. I think that's that's great. I, I get the like sticking to your ideals nature of pure veganism, but I do get annoyed when like you go out with someone and they're like, oh yeah, I can't eat anything here, so. Either like, let's go somewhere else. And I'm like, okay, sure. Or they're like, I want anything. I'm like, okay, props to you for not eating anything, sticking to your ideals. But also it's just really weird that I'm sitting here eating and you're not. And like, I'm going to feel bad about that. And it's annoying to me. Oh my God. I'm just like, get over it, Peter. Why? I, I don't know. Like, like it's annoying for you that someone else won't eat. No, it's annoying for me that I go out to eat with someone and they choose not to eat anything on that menu. And then like watch me eat a meal that's weird come on come on come on i'm i'm disappointed in you peter come on you're like mr polyamory questioning all the social norms and you feel weird that you're eating a meal and someone else has chosen not to eat at the same time as you i reckon you can deal with that i, I can deal with it and i do deal with it i just think like it's like that uh that game Gate series we talked about a while back of like what is a good person so that video, do you want to describe the video? Uh, so it's a six-part video series by, oh shit, this guy I can't remember, but he's done another more famous video called Who is Phil Fish, which is kind of about internet celebrity and hatred of internet celebrities and... Nickelback. About Nickelback <laughs> and how we filter our perception of people based on what, how we want to see them. It's actually quite a good little video. Yeah, it's, it's really well done. He's done a six-part one about... Gamergate. So Gamergate, actually, can you explain what Gamergate is? Uh, Gamergate was an internet movement from about three years ago in which the, the gaming community is a very angry community and they like to attack people. Are they? Or is it just like... A... No, I, I, since, 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 I've, since you linked me to this, I've been reading about Gamergate forever and I've learned a lot more about gamers than Gamergate. Gamergate was started when the ex-boyfriend of a gamer called Zoe Quinn posted this blog post about how she was a cheating slut and how she was sleeping with journalists to get good reviews on her games. And all the gamers were like, that's outrageous. We need ethics and journalism. And started this hate campaign against Zoe Quinn. And then a few months later, Anita Sarkeesian tried to crowdfund a series about feminism in, in games. And they attacked her as well. And as a result, her campaign became way more famous. Like And successful. Uh, yeah, yeah, way more successful. At the time they attacked her, she'd made like 18000 of a $20,000 goal. And by the time they were done, she'd made like 200000 or something crazy like that. Like them attacking her drew so much more attention to her than if she just left her alone. And this video series just explains the whole thing really well. Uh, since then, I've done some more learning. And it turns out that before Anita Sarkeesian, before Zoe Quinn, gamers were just a group of people who would attack anyone. 
they're more disposed to attacking women. And as that movement got bigger, a lot of misogynists joined in and it became more of an anti-woman thing. But Jack Thompson was a lawyer who tried to ban R-rated games in America. And he got as many death threats and as many rape threats and as many threats as these two did. So it wasn't purely a gender thing, but they definitely don't like women. So this video series is about Gamergate, but it's also, it's mostly about trying to unpack where the people who are in Gamergate are coming from and why. It talks about like, why are you so angry? And I really like videos that try and understand what is happening rather than just like being like, this is fucked. Being like, this is fucked, but why is it that way? And one of them is about what it is to be a good person. And it's a fascinating video. Like really, really, even if you don't watch the series, watch this one about what it is to be a good person. Because it, it, I've thought about it so much since I watched it a couple of months ago. And he talks about like, we define ourselves as a good person because we do good things. He, he uses the example of smartphones and like shoes that are made in sweatshops or whatever. And he's like, a lot of people are like, oh, well, I won't buy shoes that are made in sweatshops and that will make me a good person. And realistically, like you buying one pair of shoes or not, makes fuck all difference. Like realistically, you buying a smartphone once every two years is not going to make the world a better place at all. I mean, like millions of people buying a new smartphone every two years would make it more of a difference. Right. And so it's, it's like voting. Uh, voting is this really weird thing where your vote actually doesn't make a difference, except if everyone thought that way, then it would make a difference. Uh, and then, of course, there's situations like the recent Australian election where some precincts came down to 12 votes. <laughs> Even that situation for me, I'm like, really? 12 votes? So even if I had voted, it wouldn't have made a difference. I think that humanity as a whole should move in a vegetarian, vegan direction. I am on the keto diet, which involves a lot of meat. And it saves me from having to think about food, which, as we've talked about before, is a thing that I just do not ever want to have to think about. Perfect. I want to marry you, please. No, we, we tried that, SJ. <laughs> was, we, we tried that. It did not work. And so, like, I could, I could go vegetarian. It would take significant time and mental space out of my life every day with keto i order keto soy so i can just like so i can just shake it up and drink it i cook all my meals in a day and then i have them for the week and so i have to spend like two to four hours a week thinking about food if i went vegetarian especially if i went vegan i would have to go to the shop so much more regularly and i would have to cook stuff so much more regularly just like stay healthy and oh my god it sounds so exhausting you look really bored uh no i'm just uh thinking about that what you're saying i'm thinking about what you're saying when i was a teenager i converted my sister to vegetarianism and now she's a vegan and she has been for more than 15 years oh is she vegan yeah i feel like i should know that and so i'm like great i've done my part <laughs> i have created one less meat eater on the planet that's the same as if i didn't eat meat sure uh, but my point is like the the change that i can make is more significant I believe not by one person stopping eating meat, but by making the world better in, in ways of like having those one to two hours extra every day. Cause I don't have to think about food. Okay. So what you're saying is completely subjective, of course, you know, like uh, other people are going to disagree with you. Yeah. Th there's people who have the attitude of like, sure. Like, why don't you do both? Why don't you become vegetarian and make the world a better place? And for me, it's a, it's a cost benefit analysis of like, I think I will not be able to make the world a better place as easily if I'm eating vegetarian as I will if I'm able to like do a diet that I don't have to think about. I suppose the thing that I've been thinking about lately is I've been kind of thinking in the past few years that kind of everyone has their own tree to water, if that makes sense. So the amount of complex stuff 
to potentially work on and maybe try and get towards making different or better in some way. There's a lot of those. And you probably don't, you can't really know, keep up with, do all of the things properly. It's kind of what I have been thinking. Like you can't be a full-on trans advocate and a full-on uh, gay rights advocate and a full-on race advocate and a full-on starving children in Africa advocate and a full-on, like you can't do all those things. It's not possible. Is that what you mean? Well, I mean, I really, I feel like it would be inappropriate for me to do all of those things. <laughs> but yeah, like I suppose because my tree has sort of been mental health, attitudes to emotionality, but I've I've been like, I think it's a way of dealing with the fact that I can't do all of the things has been to be like, it's okay, I can't water all of the trees, right? But the environmental one, I'm like, but that's a really important tree. There are no other trees without that tree. Does that make sense? It makes sense. Uh, One of my philosophies has been for many years, you don't get to tell people what is important to them. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I get that. But at the same time, what's happening to the world is important to everyone in a very real way. Right. And so I I don't think that me going vegetarian is going to make enough of a difference to be worth it. So I'm not, I'm not really talking about that. I'm just thinking like, for me, I'm like, oh, I've been like, yeah, it's okay. I'll just water my own tree. But then I'm like, but like, is this the most important tree, you know? Because, like, there's that other really big tree that's very important. And it's actually a tree. It's actually a tree. Yeah, I mean, I I hear what you're saying, but at the same time, like, you can make that argument for many things. I I understand that you can make that argument for many things, but I feel like the environment is, to me, like, the trump card on on my belief system, if that makes sense. I have someone who I follow on Facebook because I disagree with them on most things. And it's really interesting for me to see some of the stuff that, that they say and how dumb it seems to me and how passionate they are about it. And sometimes I'll like take screenshots of that and send it to a friend of mine. And one time she responded with like, look, I think she's being ridiculous. I also am so glad that she is so passionate about that issue that I don't care about because someone's got to be like, if no one was passionate about that issue, then those people would be having a shit of time. Yeah, totally. And there are pa- people that are passionate about all of these issues. I I don't know. I'm just like, that's the one that I'm like, fuck, what am I really doing about that? I recycle. Someone was telling me a few years back that actually recycling is not very effective. Well, I mean, the thing is that like not much of what we as individuals can do is effective. A lot of it has to do with legislature. And like gigantic industry. Yeah. And so like you are very political. That is probably more helpful than being vegetarian what do you mean like you you are you're an advocate for a lot of political parties who are like hey we need to put less money in the pocket of industries and like hold them more accountable and that's more effective than than being vegetarian i think so huh the reason i brought this whole thing up in the first place is that when you're out to lunch with a vegan and they're like oh i'm not going to eat anything this meal you're like, look, that one meal is going to make zero difference to the world. Like, genuinely zero difference. Yeah, but I think that if someone's if someone's chosen that way, it's going to make a big difference to them. And you might feel like that is not a real thing. But in the same way that for me, I don't smoke and I quit smoking over two years ago. I haven't smoked a single cigarette since then. And so you could make the argument of like, oh, it's just one cigarette. Like, take a break. It's much more meaningful to me 
than that. Right. And so there's like falling off the wagon, which is an interesting, uh, that, that, that's the thing with my sister. She will, when she goes to stay with her friends for Christmas, she stops being vegan. She's still vegetarian. So they don't have to cook like a whole second meal. She can just have the bits of the meal that don't have meat. But it, if she did that on a regular basis, then she would just like fall off the wagon and, and stop being vegan. And so, like, I get it as a falling off the wagon thing. Uh, I don't think that applies to the majority of people who do it. Yeah, but I don't even see it as a falling off the wagon thing. Well, no, that, that's my point, though. Like, basically what you're saying is, hey, I'm going to make this situation weird so I feel better. That's fine, but be aware that that's what you're doing. Hmm. Maybe this is why people who have particular dietary requirements tend to have social groups where people have that as well. It makes sense. Wait on. If I'm vegan and I came in and stayed with you, would you be like super annoyed at me? I mean, I only eat meat, so I would just be like, hey, you're welcome to come stay. Uh, you're in charge of your food. I will drive you to grocery stores. I will pick up groceries. I don't cook meals for anyone. I'm not going to cook vegan meals for you. Not because you're vegan, because I don't like really cook meals. Oh, that's the nice familiar sense of disappointment that i miss from our relationship i will cook you the food that i cook i don't know how to cook any vegan stuff i'm not good at cooking i don't like cooking i will <laughs> i will you know buy you takeout uh, if you want but in, in the similar sense as if you came and stayed with me I'm like hey peter i need you to build me a table i'd be like that's not a thing i can do have any interest in doing have ever done before why are you expecting me to do that you're so funny why <laughs> it's just it's just so different to me. I get that it's the social norm to do this, but like I've said, that's never like a reason for me to do things. Yeah, I suppose, I mean, you don't care about food or feel like it's valuable to do any of those things. I can see the value in it. I can also see the value in building tables. It's not a thing that I can know how to or like to do. Or want to know how to do. Right, I don't... Because you don't like to. I, yeah, why would I want to learn how to build a table? I have no use for that in my life. <laughs> You, like, are you getting upset with this conversation? No, no, I'm just, just expressing my point of view. <laughs> you just seem a little bit frustrated. I just, it's its like I was saying earlier, I, I get frustrated when what I see is a perfectly valid point of view because it's not normal, I'm the bad guy. I used to get it with Polly a lot. People would be like, oh, this guy has uh, two girlfriends, what a dickhead. I'm like, no, just because it's not what you're used to doesn't mean it's a dicky thing to do. Yeah, I suppose it would be frustrating that people aren't more curious about your opinion sometimes. The I think I think my vegan example is poor. A better example than like because that's never happened to me. I've never gone out to eat with someone and they've been like, "I'm not going to eat anything." That was just an example I conjured in my head. More close to the truth is you are going around to someone's house and they have cooked a meal, and it's not a vegan meal, and so the vegan is like, "Oh, I'll have nothing." So funny how we use language differently. I don't even like that you're calling people vegans, which is weird. That is. <laughs> That is nonsense. Like, that is the word for them. <laughs> yeah, I know. I just, I suppose that's when, whether you go with, like, identity first or person first language. I go with clear language, like clarity. Both of them are clear. They're just different. One is more succinct than the other. So person first is, like, a person with a disability. Identity first is disabled person. And there's a lot of conversation around, like, what's the, what's the right thing to do? And there isn't actually a right I mean, I think most people feel like it's person with a disability, but some people in the disability community feel like identity first is the right. So I just mean there's different views around that. Since we broke up, you've developed this startling fear of language. I'm always so surprised by it. Oh, really? 
Yeah, like you, you avoid words in really convoluted, unclear ways. I do it more on the podcast than I do in real life. Yeah, that's because you say the N-word in real life. Ninja. <laughs> no, but I generally am quite selective about the words that I use. And it's funny. I actually want to show you this post. I think I sent it to you on Twitter about emotional labor. You posted on Twitter. You didn't actually tag me in it. I totally did tag you in it. Okay. I would be really interested to get you to read it and then get your opinion on it. Maybe we'll do that another time. I'll link to the article in the show notes. You definitely did not tag me in it. Okay, fine. (laughs) Because it's an interesting article to look at uh, the kind of labor that we do. Because the work that I do around language is, and how I talk to people and interact with them is a lot of very conscious labor. So what would you call a vegan? Someone who's vegan. Okay, cool. Yeah. (laughs) I, I, I see no merit in that distinction. I know, I but that's like the subtle thing of like, I just word things in a more kind of gentle way. I guess. I think it's dumb. I know you think it's dumb, but from my perspective, you come across as aggressive when you're saying stuff. Like vegan. <laughs> and part, of, yeah, no, like part of it is like really subtle stuff like that, that you think is stupid, but I, I think is just nuanced. So... Yeah, in, in the situation of someone going to someone's house and they haven't cooked a vegan meal and saying, oh, I won't eat anything. The thing that I think bothers me is that they are doing a thing without being aware that they're doing it, which is that they're saying, hey, how I feel trumps the effort that you put in how you feel. They think, oh, I'm doing my part for the planet. But realistically, they're not. Like, they're not doing anything for the planet. They're just kind of being a dick about it. First of all, we have no idea why this fictitious person is vegan. But your assumption is that they're doing it for environmental reasons. Often people that I know who are vegan go through that process at the start. And then after a while, they actually feel sick around the idea of those types of foods. Like like the idea of eating them makes them feel unwell. I think often people who are vegan are quite considerate around that stuff. And will bring their own thing, will have organized beforehand, you know, will tell people what's going on. In my experience anyway. I have no problem with that. They'll be like, hey, that's cool. If you guys want to do that, I might bring some food with me or I might blah, 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 blah. I guess uh, maybe I have friends who are just more dicky than your friends. <laughs> maybe it's because you call them vegans instead of people who are vegan. God, I, sh- I shouldn't say friends either. <laughs> I should say people I am friends with. <laughs> you're not my ex. Yeah, sure. You're a person who I formally dated. Yeah, totally. I am a person first, hopefully. This video series about Gamergate does a really good thing about veganism and why it bugs people. It's about the fact that people are generally bothered just because they think that they're being looked down on by this other person. Because there's this assumption that they're being judged. And then there's this idea around like, see, and what you said there of like, whose labor is that? Is it your labor because you feel bad that you might be being judged? You know what I mean? Or is it the person who's vegan, their labor because their choice makes other people feel bad? I... I have a friend gallivanting and a while ago she was at a talk. She's a sex worker and... I think you mean she's a person who does sex work. Shut up. (laughs) She was talking about how she got to this point in her life where she decided actually it's your stigma so it's your labor. So if she'd go to a doctor, she wasn't going to be apologetic, get really anxious about the process or anything because she was like, that's actually not my work to do to make all these allowances for the fact that you think that what I do 
there's some issue with it. It's kind of an interesting idea around how we move through the world and 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 how we compensate for for judgments from other people. I feel like I'm cranky and I'm not quite sure why. Yeah, I feel like you're cranky and I'm not totally sure why. I, th- I think partially it might be because I like opened up emotionally earlier and you're like, this is really boring. Oh. <laughs> I made myself vulnerable and got met with a yawn. And I was like, well, let's go to something that I can be controversial about. Because I'm, I'm listening to myself. I'm like, I don't know how much I believe these things I'm saying. Like, Oh. That, that, that's a bit of a cop out, I guess, but it's also true. It's okay. I I do that sometimes. Like I've never had I've never had any problem with vegans, and I'm wondering if I'm deliberately now being provocative because I feel slighted. <laughs> you know how like when you uh, I I went to oh my god I was in such a bad mood I went to the DMV or the Canadian equivalent called drive test and I stood in line for five hours and I finally got to the front and they're like cool uh, you need this thing that we didn't mention on the website and you don't have bye. And you were like, fuck you. And I was just, I was so angry and I was very uh, conscious that I was angry. So I was really like, I was aware that I wanted to be hurtful. Oh, right. That was easy to spot because it was an extreme example. But I'm wondering if that's what's happened in this episode where I've been like, I've I've felt slighted. And so I'm like, okay, I'm going to piss SJ off a little bit. (laughs) You are much more insightful than you used to be. That is not hard. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think that I, I think part of it is that you had already told me that story about the mousetrap. And so I think you told it to me twice. No, I, I mentioned it in like two lines of text on, on IM. And then I think you told it to me on Skype on Sunday. And so I think that was the third time I heard it. Okay. Um, do you want to, do you want to briefly I, mention Steve Rottenberg? Roganberg. I'm not going to talk about him on the podcast because I've told you about him five times. Six times you've told me that story. I'm so sick of it. And Basically, I met Steve Rogerbuck. Yeah. <laughs> this, this, this last conversation we've been having about veganism reminds me a lot of me in the early days in the, in the podcast. And that was when we'd like barely just reconnected again and we were doing it. And I think maybe I was a bit more aggressive then also because I was uncomfortable. I think when I'm uncomfortable, I become more provocative. And that's not always a good thing. <laughs> it really is a good thing i'm sorry i was cranky it's okay i still think it's stupid that you don't say vegans i understand that that is how you feel <laughs> <laughs> i even picked up on it i asked you if you were upset about something just then no no like like half an hour ago yeah probably do you remember i don't remember but i i trust that it happened well, this has definitely been one of the most awkward podcasts we've done in a while, but not awkward for the same reasons that we are famous for. <laughs> <laughs> awkward just in a genuinely, sometimes with your friends, you have awkward conversations. It's true. So this week's outro is from someone I went to high school with, who now does a podcast with his girlfriend, I think. Uh, his name is Lonnie and they do a podcast called I Only Like You. What's their podcast about? They complain about <laughs> anything that isn't the other person, but they like they like each other and they don't like anything else. I've not listened to it. I think that's what it's about. Oh, because it sounds like the antithesis of our podcast. Yeah, it's uh, lying to your fiancé. <laughs> uh, and so they have put together an outro for us and here it is. Thank you for listening to Being Honest With My Ex. Now, Sinead, yep. my goat is gotten <laughs> by lots of things, but especially when people like podcasts and enjoy them. But don't subscribe. Don't tell their friends. Ugh.
don't bloody make any effort to show their love for a podcast. That's the worst, isn't it? If you've liked this one, you should be doing all those things. You should be subscribing, you should be leaving a review, you should be telling your friends. It would mean a lot to me, it would mean a lot to Sine, and it would mean the world to SJ and Peter. It would. I love Esther. I have a really huge girl crush on her. <laughs> I want to just be best friends with her. I've got a boy crush on Peter. <laughs> so this works out great then. You can be with Peter and I can be with SJ. Perfect. <laughs> I like Peter so much. He is my favourite son. But what about Sam? He's your son. They can both be my favourite sons. Oh, I'm not sure Sam will be happy about that. I don't know about Peter. Will he? <laughs> it looks like you've got another half-brother. Sam is a cat. Oh, Sam is a cat. Oh my God, that's even better. So if you did enjoy that little, uh, little that, that's like a little preview of their podcast uh, where they talk about their cat a lot, apparently, <laughs> which I think they like, they wanted me to mention as a draw. And I was like, oh man, that, that lowers my interest in listening to this podcast. Well, I think it probably raises a, quite a number of other people's <laughs> interest. If you'd like to send us an outro, please do contact at beinghonestwithmakes.com. Do not send it to SJ. That is a really bad move. Uh, poor, poor play <laughs> on your half. Why, why should they not send it to you, SJ? Because I can't answer my emails. You, you've reached that point of acceptance where you're like, look, <laughs> I'm just not going to bother. I've had in the last week two people say, I sent you a message a few months ago uh, and I've felt really bad about it. One of them is someone who's moving into my house and um, who listens to the podcast. So... Shout out to Kenny, if Kenny's listening. Um, Probably not anymore. <laughs> Probably at this point, Kenny's <laughs> Probably not anymore. <laughs> but if you send it to contact at beinghonestwithmax.com, I will get it, and I am very good at replying to email. For now. <laughs> you are actually a lot better at it than me. That's all from us. That's all from us. Yeah, that's all. That was, a, that was interesting. I feel like we grew as people in that episode. I feel like you were more insightful about yourself than you were previously. You were just there for that episode. I was present, almost. I do try to be aware of my emotions because I know that they guide my unconscious behaviours and that's not fair to people around me for them to like suffer when I'm in a bad mood without me realising that's what's happening. I don't know if it's not fair. It's just, I mean, that's just kind of, it is what it is, but it's not great. It's not good. Not good. Okay, well, we will talk to you in your ears next time. Goodbye.